Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ. And we're live. We're live. All we're right. on. We're on. We're on the air. <clears throat> all right, so here we are, week three in... Certainly it's week five. It's just week three here. It's week three here. Yes, yeah. this is the third and final week of the um, the test pilot for getting me my own little individual <laughs> setup here, it's ridiculous. so that I can. It clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think that would be cool. There's a podcast I watch where it's it's two guys. Smallville. Do you, have you watched the Smallville rewatch podcast? No, I'm still trying to get like. Through small there where I ended like ten years ago. Okay. <laughs> well, the guy that played Lex Luthor decided he was going to do a rewatch podcast because he'd never actually watched the show. So then he got the guy that played Clark Kent to do it, the mm-hmm. podcast with him. So, but they're in two different places. One is in his house in Los Angeles. The other guy I think lives on a ranch or something in Northern California. But they got a cool setup. You know, he's not on a Zoom or anything. They he's yeah. got the camera and the light and everything. So I've been telling you that's. So well, I'm sure there's a way to do it. There's a way to do that. We're going to figure it out, and then I don't ever have to leave my house. So, but this is the finale of this series we've been doing that we've been teasing for the last two or three episodes: the plurality <laughs> of elders. Mm. And Tim is with us again in person. And when we were looking at this series and I saw that term plurality of elders, I'm like, you got to call Tim. This is like his favorite subject (laughs) in the whole wide world. And uh, just prepare yourselves. This may be a three hour podcast. So take a um, break, get your popcorn now. Yeah, get your popcorn, (laughs) settle in. Uh, But we've been talking this whole month about what the Bible has to say about the different roles that you find in churches. We've discussed um, the roles of the pastor, what that looks like, uh, deacons, uh, what's the role of a person that's... And congregation. Yeah, what's the role of a person just in the congregation. And then last week we had committees. So, But in each one of those, this topic has come up about the plurality of elders. Well, you know, I like how we how we did this because honestly, these last four episodes that we've done, we've created a problem mm-hmm. because we're saying, hey, yeah. these are unbiblical ways to do this. And we, we've essentially established a, a massive problem that if we make these changes, I mean, already what we're doing now is a problem. But then if we make these changes and we say, okay, deacons are no longer on the top. They're not administers. They are... Uh, they're, they're servants, you know, uh, orphans, wi- widows, and then add single moms onto that. Um, and then, uh, and to be clear, you know, we added single moms. Yeah. Yeah. I, that. yeah that was, that, you're not going to find I, that. And in, I just, I just think that implication. Yeah. I, you're, you're not going to find that in the Bible. You're not going to find that in the Bible not in the King because James honestly, version. you're not really going to see anything that says anything about a single mom, you know? Mm. And I think single mom is very similar to how a widow would have been yeah. back then. It's the same essence. It's the yeah. implication of the idea. <clears throat> exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this because, you know, we're, we're going to touch on the last four episodes of what we've talked about because, yeah, if the one pastor has 
all the control of the church, you got a problem there. You know, if a committee has control over the church, if the congregation has a control over the church, like all of this is is, is really messed up. And we really mm-hmm. talked about how we've Americanized the church and we really need to steer away from that. And the way we do that and the way we solve these issues is a plurality of elders. Yeah, that's very good. I, I, I agree. I like that. I like how you said that. We've created a problem. What's the solution? And again, like we've been saying, we've been pounding this, this you know, hammering down on this nail the, the whole time. Uh, we Let's go to the scripture and say, all right, we have a problem. What's the solution? Mm. Scripture has the answer. And so when we talk about a plurality of elders, and I'm sure we'll kind of define what is a plurality of elders. Basically, you have more than one elder. Uh, you, have, you have a group of elders um, and just more pastors and yeah. elders, pastors, elders, say, same thing. Let's right. define elders yeah. before yeah. we define plurality right. of elders. Yeah, so go back and listen to the first one on, on pastors where we, we said elder, pastor, uh, deacon, uh, or elder, pastor, overseer mm. is the same yeah. thing. Correct. Uh, same office, different descriptions of the of the roles and responsibilities within the office. And, and so, not deacon. Deacon is not, not an deacon. overseer, elder, or pastor. No. They are separate. They are separate. They're, they're, they serve uh, the church, but they, they do not oversee the church. Yes. Um, and so uh, you have a, a group of elders that are equal among e- equals, a group of pastors uh, that are equal among equals uh, who lead and govern and shepherd the, the church, they, they watch over the doctrine of the church. Um, mm-hmm. They are responsible for uh, and responsible to God for, for the, 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 the church's well-being and, and guidance and direction in all things. So um, you cannot be, and, and, we're, and we're not just pulling this out of the thin air, like Scripture says, that they are overseers, right? And you can't oversee something if you don't have authority right. over it. I'm an overseer of my family, of my children, um, but uh, and my kids don't vote on what we're going to have for dinner or <laughs> whether or not they have to do their schoolwork or, you know, I, I know exactly how it would go if they, if they did. <laughs> they wouldn't do anything that I said. They wouldn't listen to or follow my leadership. Well, I have authority over them. A children's committee. Yeah, a right. children's <laughs> committee. So... It's the same way in the church, right? When you have, when you have, give someone oversight, you're giving them authority to to care for. Now, like we said, uh, obviously God in His infinite wisdom knows that if you give one person ultimate authority, what was the uh, was it a uh, I forget who the quote from, but like absolute power, absolute, absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I thought you were going to say with great power comes yeah. great responsibility. Well, that, that's true too, of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, it it's it's. We know that no matter who you put into what office in the church, that that they that person is until Christ returns, waging a battle against the flesh. Right. And so they're they're going to be sinful in in certain ways in certain areas. Now, which pastor, is why that pastor shouldn't be alone. Right. Exactly. That's why uh, you know driving to the point that that there should be a plurality of elders who who bear the burden together, who hold each other accountable. Um, and who are able to, uh, you know, uh, fulfill the responsibilities of the role. Well, and, what, sorry. No, go ahead. What's interesting, I just remembered. What's, what's interesting, I'm about to forget again, so I better be careful. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting about plurality of elders is that uh, when you look in the Bible, 
It's mm-hmm. almost always mm-hmm. the when they say elders or overseers, it's almost always plural. Now mm-hmm. that's not necessarily an argument for a plurality of elders, but it's mm-hmm. interesting that when they talk about deacons in the Bible, it's about the same amount of plural as as elders mm-hmm. gets, and for whatever reason, it's like oh, multiple deacons, but one pastor. What is that? What right. that is, that doesn't make any sense, um, you know? And uh, you know, we talked about I think in our congregation episode, we talked about how it's important that pastors elect pastors. When you look in the Bible um, and you see, you know, where it talks about putting a getting getting a pastor. Uh, the letter is written to Timothy. The letter is written to Titus, not their congregation. Mm-hmm. So it's Timothy. When you select elders, da 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 da, you know, right. um, and it's not when anybody, you know, it's like everybody's you, you know. In, in this case, it, it is Timothy. When Timothy is selecting elders, when pastors are selecting elders, so um, you know. I think you should have at least three elders. Make it an odd number, you know, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you work together and you make decisions, and that way the other two can hold the one accountable and vice versa, and nobody's above one another. Right. There's not this one lead and then two others, but it's mm-hmm. all equal. There's also a, a practical, uh, you know, benefit to having a plurality of elders. Obviously, I think it's a biblical, uh, you know, uh, reasons. Um, to to you know to follow what scripture says and be obedient to that but there's a practical essence i, I was at a church and uh, we had a plurality of elders um we had you know different roles and so we gave them different titles we did see each other as equal among equals um so no one elder held more authority over than the other mm. um <clears throat> but the the person who was in the, the lead pastor position uh or role um he he was uh counseling with somebody and dealing with some of their kind of marital issues. And, uh, and he, he had this mindset that, you know, if, if they don't give me permission to share it with the rest of the elders, I'm not going to share it with the rest of the elders. And I said to him, like, listen, first of all, we're plurality of elders and we need to, we need to lead the church together. And so like, we need to make sure like that situation is good. We all need to have our, our hands on that. And also, um, you know, if there was ever an issue um, where they brought a charge against you, um, we're completely in the dark. Um, and so like, if you're a solo pastor and welcome to pastoring in the 21st century, right? (laughs) If you're a solo pastor and you're counseling with people and you're not, you don't have that accountability Mm -hmm. and camarade, you know, that kind of, um, you know, fellowship of elder, other elders, uh, then things can be happening behind potentially closed doors. Yep. Where, where you're left completely vulnerable to somebody making a false accusation against yep. you. And, and so that's another practical way in which elders are a benefit. And, and, and let's be honest, if somebody makes a false accusation against your pastor, it's going to hurt your church. Yep. And, you know, with looking at the plurality of elders, um, you know, you, you stave off some of the dictatorship that you might mm-hmm. come across. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then also congregation led or committee led like that's, which I, I think that's pretty much the same thing. You know, I have issue with that because why would God put a pastor in a role mm-hmm. for the sheep to lead? You know, like, Hey right. shepherd, you come over here and follow these sheep. Like what? That makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we're sticking to the analogy that God gave us, <laughs> you know, you follow the shepherd um, right. and, you know, in the context of the church, 
there should be three of them at least. Mm -hmm. And that way they can, like you said, hold each other accountable, but then, um, you know, protect each other. Uh, It solves issues with, you know, trying to get committees to find a pastor. You know, you've got these people that, and you know, they go before the church and like, okay, this is the pastor you've met him. You did a meet and greet. You've heard him preach twice. Okay. Now let's vote on him to see if we want him. you Mm -hmm. know, and pretty much everybody's going to vote yes, because that's what they do. Um, it's almost like a mindless note and actually funny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, they voted on, uh, there was a church I was at, they voted on my position. Turned out that vote made no difference that they, there is no vote for any of the, the the only vote that you have to do was for the lead pastor, Mm. youth pastor, music pastor, anybody else doesn't require a vote. They literally just did that to make the church happy to pacify them. That's not right. Mm. That's lying is what it is. It's not just pacifying. Right. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing too because, um, you know, it's like like when you when you vote on on a uh, a potential pastoral candidate and you and you vote no, uh, <coughs> and your vote is not you know you have maybe some in the church who voted yes and some in the church who voted no, um, it's like what are you saying, like what are you, and what does that say about your church? Does it say that like, you know. 10% of your church was completely unwise in the decision that they made. Right. And the other, you know, percentage was what had the right idea. And which, who, how do you select which one was it? You know, it creates all these conflicts of like, well, what does this then mean? And then how do we progress from here? Were they even praying? Yeah. Or did they just show up that Sunday and say, oh, yeah, I got to vote? Right. And what about the, the varying, you know, uh, levels of spiritual maturity within, within a congregation? Oh, definitely. Um, which isn't a bad thing, but, it's, but it is a reality. It's the same reality that, that causes... Um, a restriction to be put on even becoming an elder to where you can't be a new convert. Why? Because you're not, you're not, you're not mature enough in Christ to hold that Mm -hmm. role and that it'll become a problem for you and for the church. And so there's a restriction placed on that based on your spiritual maturity. Um, And so um, I think, uh, you know, the other thing like uh, you were mentioning earlier um, about appointing elders and having other elders appoint elders um, we do see that in Scripture. We yeah. see that in, in Titus, where Paul tells Titus to go into these other regions and to, to uh, appoint elders. And you see two things there. One, you see, the, see an elder appointing elders, and the other thing is you see a churches that exist not self-voting on their mm-hmm. own elder. And so two things are happening that support this idea of elders being put into uh, office by other elders. And so I, I think that's a pretty strong argument for, right. For why the congregation isn't the one who, who are, who's, uh, you know, voting on that. And also, like we said, the different maturity levels within the congregation, Mm -hmm. the implications that you have to, you know, kind of face when, when you vote a no, um, which oftentimes churches don't face uh, it was kind of the same thing with membership, right? Like, uh, <laughs> if you vote no on on yeah. a new member, are you saying that they're not a Christian? Right. What are you saying, and how do you proceed? Exactly. Nobody ever thinks about those things. Why are you voting on membership anyway? Like, that's just weird. Yeah. I, we we want to try to give... It's very American of us to mm. give the people power, you know? Yeah. And, to want to vote. And I get it, and I think... For the most part, it works in America, but that's not how God mm-hmm. told us to do it as far as his people go. No, and I said no. this <clears throat> last episode, one before, sometime, 
while we've been recording, I said, church is not, the church is not a democracy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a what? It's a theocracy. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We go by God. God our is own in charge. Votes. Now, there was a church that I had um, interviewed with a few years ago, and they had a search team that was created... Spe- they said team, it was a search committee, as we all know. <laughs> but again, it was created with one purpose to find a worship pastor for the church. And then when their job was done, that committee was dissolved. Um, what they did was the committee would go out and, you know, they gathered the resumes, they conducted the initial interviews over the phone and stuff. And then when they got their top three candidates, then they took them to the pastor. See, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor. And the, the past. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's the pastor fine. would then look them all over and he'd go back to the committee. I yeah. said, I like that. That's how I got use my the last commi- job was the, the pastor said, right. the yeah. pastor said, I like Jeremy. And right. so they hired me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but that was their process was, you know, they took the, candidates to the pastor mm-hmm. and then the pastor ultimately said and that's the way it one. should be yeah but there should be more than one pastor right you right. know and because i mean okay think about it what if you're oh okay i got all these people in a congregation that you know don't know a lot of doctrine um and right. actually you know the lack of discipleship in uh in the church right now is just insane right and you're gonna have those same people vote on a pastor that maybe his doctrine's good Maybe it's not, you know, uh, why wouldn't you come and ask the pastors that actually really know the doctrine, uh, and know what to watch out for, you know, but instead it's just like, no, 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 let's let our people do that. Yeah. Yeah, The pastors are, are, the pastors specifically in scripture are charged with guarding the doctrine, uh, of the church. Mm -hmm. And so that includes who you're putting in leadership and the things that they will be teaching and preaching and, and, you know. But all three of us, I've had the experience of being in a church with both of you at different times where the pastor has left and there's a search for a new pastor. And um, we were never once consulted about Mm. that process. We were never included in that process. In any of the times that I've been where the pastors left and they've been another, I've never been a part of the process. You know, never asked, not once. One of the things, and I remember the church that we were in, it was because of the experience that Tim and I had. When they started that pastor search, I went to the chairman of that committee and said, would you please keep me in the loop with this? Because I said, I've had this whole experience. We're the one working ex- with him 40 hours a week. I said, I'm going to mm-hmm. be the one that has to work with him day yeah. in and day out. I'd mm-hmm. kind of like to know. And they're only judging him on what they saw no. on Sunday morning when he and preached. That's crazy. We didn't even, by the time there was a candidate, it was like, yeah, he's coming. We're going to vote on him mm-hmm. on Sunday. And I'm like, do right. we not get a chance to, you know, the guys that's actually going to be working with him, do we not get an opportunity to sit down and talk to him. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. So that time well, they came, did. they did, <laughs> and it was the three of us in the room with about fifteen other people. Yeah. 
And I was like, I am not about to ask right. this man certain questions mm-hmm. with certain people mm-hmm. in this room. And then our opinion didn't matter. Yeah. Our, anyway. Our opinion didn't matter. And what was interesting is that pastor that I was talking about, the one who you know made the decisions on, you know, hire this guy, is also the same pastor at that church who um, retooled and... Um, I don't want to say put the deacons in their place, but, you know, had the deacons become what they're supposed to be biblically. Right. Uh, he was leading that church according to Scripture. He is the one that's responsible because before he came in, I was just the music director or that role was the music director. And then you were the, I guess it was still called youth pastor. Babysitter. Um, but he wanted pastor put by all the positions. He was the lead pastor. I was the worship pastor. You and the guy before you were the student Mm -hmm. pastors. Right. Uh, So we had pastor by our names. And then, you know, he left and there was some turmoil and it became very apparent very quickly. We We weren't pastors. We we weren't because we weren't being given the respect and courtesy and authority of those positions. We were just being told after the fact of decisions that had been made. Uh, and I, I got so frustrated. I told the secretary at one time when she was printing the bulletin, I said, don't even put worship pastor. And, you just know, put music yeah. minister some, next some, to my name. Right. Some people may listen to this and think, oh, that's just a bunch of pride. You know, you guys are just, you know, you're arrogant and you're mad. And honestly, no, that's not the case. I'm currently right. attending a church where this is how they do things. So they, like yeah, the yeah. pastors there, lead the church. It's three right. of them. Let's, they don't vote on anything. Let's stress there are churches out there that exist. Like you're attending a church that way. Yes. I know Tim, he's in the process of planting a church. His church is very much mm-hmm. going to be like what we've led discussed. biblically over We're these also things. attending a church right now. Uh, yeah. That is, uh, you know, uh, they're out there. You just have to led look, by huh? the elders. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, you know, the, I think in that situation that you were talking about, Jeremy, it was good that he said, "Hey, we want to make sure that the, the these titles are alongside your names because we we believe in a plurality of elders." Um, I think that that he probably and maybe he would have done this, you know, in the future, should have taken the next step of saying, "Hey." Let's now define that. What does it mean that we have right. uh, you are a pastor and, and you are a pastor? What, is, what does that then mean? And then how does that, you know, work itself out in the actual life of the church? Right. And then when that, when that one pastor leaves, you know, okay, mm-hmm. hey, I'm retiring. Okay. Yeah. The two pastors get together and right. we go find another pastor to <laughs> join us. Right. That's how it should look. That was not how it. No. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there are so many advantages to a plurality of elders. You know, one, you know, you you know they're, they've got good doctrine because they're all going to be mm-hmm. after each other. And like, well, what yeah. if they all come together and they decide to be evil? I'm like, okay, well, yes, that can happen. But it's it's less likely if you're if men of God yeah. are electing men of God, you, you know, that are specifically called to pastor then you're going to have a lot less problems. A plurality of elders uh, is the mechanism that is best suited to keep one another, to keep the elders, to keep the pastors uh, accountable. Right. There is no other mechanism that does it better. 
Yep. Uh, because the the plurality of elders, they sh- they are meeting together. They are interwoven into each other's lives. They can share things with one another that maybe they're not just going to share in front of the whole church. Yeah. Wouldn't be appropriate. Um, and so they know better when something's going wrong. They know better what something... They, they know the doctrine of one particular, you know, member within the elders uh, maybe leaning towards. And so they, they can keep a more corrective... Uh, accountable eye on one another than anybody else in the church. Yeah, because you're actually around them all the time. Yeah, yeah, you're you're you should be interwoven <clears throat> essentially in each other's lives and 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 those conversations about the church and about doctrine and about you know direction and all of those things are happening in those meetings with each other that aren't necessarily happening often and regularly amongst the congregation <clears throat> between the you know the elders and the congregation. You have a, a monthly or quarterly, you know, members meeting or, or something like that, however your church does it, but you know less about your pastor than right. the other pastors know about your pastor. And so you are not as equipped as they are to hold exactly. one another accountable. And so we, tr- we have to trust that. And yes, every form of governance can be corrupted mm-hmm. by sinful and evil people. Um, that does not mean we abandon uh, God's... Uh, methods, uh, we we pray and ask God to redeem those things, and and to uh, reconcile those things. And when they're out of joint, to either to reconcile them or to um, to discipline. And and we got to remember that this is what is happening spiritually in our lives and in our churches is not dependent upon man; it is dependent upon God. Yep. And so when we think about our church and how it's structured and who leads it and and what we do, we must be putting our total and complete trust, not in your elders, but in God. Yeah. That brings peace, I think, to the conversation. Right. Um, Now, that's not to say, you know, the big fear is the pastor that becomes a dictator. And a plurality of elders can help kind of prevent that. Mm-hmm. Well, because you have equal power with two other men. Yeah. Tim and I had an experience at a church with a pastor who, for the first few months of their tenure, was all about plurality of elders Mm -hmm. would sit and we know the three of us would talk about where the Lord was leading us in our respective ministries and the church overall. Um, Then the same person got, you know, the church vote to become the lead pastor or the senior pastor to use Mm -hmm. their, their terminology. And it was like somebody flipped a light switch in his brain because now it was no longer a plurality of elders. It was, I am in charge Mm -hmm. and yeah. And Tim was first cause I watched him, uh, would rebuke that and be like, no, that's not right. Um, and, you stop me if I'm saying anything that's not mm-hmm. correct. But, um, and he didn't like that. 
He did not. He did not appreciate Tim holding him accountable. Like Scripture says, this, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's very telling. I'm trying to do math in my head really quickly, but eight nine months later, uh, the pastor they had butted heads enough. The pastor came down to my office one day, shut the door, sat across me and told me that Tim was being fired. Mm. And, you know, that the committee had met and discussed all that. And I just looked at him and said, who called the meeting? Who called the committee mm. meeting to have this done? And, of course, you know, he's not going to own up to right. the fact was he did not like Tim holding him accountable and standing in his way of taking over and doing whatever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So he orchestrated events. This is what I believe. I have no proof. So this is my personal belief is that he orchestrated events to get him out of the way. Yeah. And then he was no longer there. So then right. he's gone. I'm there by myself. And then I am... I ended up assuming both the music pastor and the student pastor role. So now I'm, you know, instead of three of us, there's now two of us and one of us doing two jobs. And that was very, I was not prepared for what that would do to me mentally, having to work two full-time jobs essentially, because half the year I've got choir people that are mad at me because I'm spending too much time with the youth and then when Christmas, is, the holidays are coming around, I have youth parents that are frustrated because I'm spending too much time doing choir and music stuff. And it was just a yeah. pull in both directions. But I had watched Tim stand up for himself and his ministry so that when that pastor started saying and doing some of the things, same things to me that he had done to Tim, I just sat there and took it. I didn't right. say anything because yeah. I'm like, well, if I speak up and if I say anything, he's going to get me fired. And I, I also considered myself in, in, in that situation standing up for the church and standing up for the Word of God, too. Yeah. And see, uh, this is kind of the problem. When you are always in fear for your job as a pastor, right. you cannot pastor the yeah. way you're supposed no, to pastor. you can't. Right. Because you can't say the thing. Like, for example, like this, uh, this, this podcast, all these topics that we've been talking about so far, 40-something episodes— um, these are things that I have thought about and prayed about for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't something that's new, you know, and these are things that I would share with the pastor and I would share with other people. And honestly, it kind of seemed to paint a target on my back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, d- I shied away from it and I didn't want to say these things. Uh, mm-hmm. But they need to be said and no pastor should ever have to fear for their job for saying what they believe God is telling them, mm-hmm. you know, and how many, um, you know, how many voicemails, text messages, or communications have you received from pastors going, "Thank you." Oh this, yeah, this needs to be said, mm-hmm. but I can't say it. Yep, um, I've actually, um, especially when we first started, um, I would get messages from different pastors. I'd have pastors pull me aside. And and you're right. They would say thank you because you're they're like you are saying stuff that I cannot say. 
Mm. And it's because they fear their people. And I understand that. I mean, it's guys, it's scary whenever you could say the wrong thing and or preach out of the wrong Bible and lose your job. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of job security, uh, which which can be a bit scary for pastors. Yeah, it can be a very um, <clears throat> kind of a, a, a moody and fickle, um, you know, job when when you have uh, varying. I mean, why does the church need pastors? Yeah. Why Why does the church need elders who who love them, who will care for them, who can shepherd them, who are qualified to shepherd them? Um, able to guard good doctrine. We are trying to protect you from the wolves uh, that would devour and destroy you. We're trying to protect you from Satan who would devour and destroy you. We're trying to protect you uh, even from your own flesh, which would devour and destroy you. Uh, We are, we are, um, we are trying to stand in the gap between uh, heaven and hell. A pastor should not be able to be fired by a committee. No, especially when, all that they're doing with the strength that God has given them is trying to present you mature in Christ. There is nothing more beautiful than that. Mm. There's no love greater than that other than the love of the Savior who died for us, who died for his church. And many pastors are are willing to die and even endure great suffering for the sake of their church. Um, How many pastors are at churches that don't care about whether or not they can afford to put food on the table, buy clothes for their kids, or take care of their mm. needs, or have health care. I've been at multiple churches where it's like, health care, what? <laughs> you know? I've, I've had... I've uh, never been to a church that it, knew it, anything about and My eye doctor was... One time, I, I, <laughs> I told my eye doctor, because I used to get these chronic eye styes, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't have insurance. And, and he knew I was a pastor, and he's like, what? And I thought he was like getting ready to go down to the church and, and, and shoo yeah. him out. And I, I, I could have gotten better benefits working at McDonald's. Oh, true. I've had a lot of people ask me, hey, what what health insurance do you use? I, I said, I have the pray I don't get sick plan. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. The, I'll, see, I'll see you soon, Jesus, health insurance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and again, this, this, this plays into what we're talking about because when you have a plurality of elders, they understand also the needs exactly. of the elders. They understand the role of the elders. They understand the purpose of the elders and they support each other in that. And in doing so, they, they then teach and encourage, rebuke if, if necessary, the congregation in how they think about the elders. Because of course, if you're not doing a job, if you're not in that role and in that position, how can you fully understand it? And, and, and you may think, you know, and I, I see it all the time, time especially if, uh, um, what's his name? What's the, the finance guy, the Christian finance guy? Uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey will put something on, up on uh, Facebook about, like, helping pastors, like, manage their money. And you'll see all the comments about, like, pastors shouldn't get paid. That's a spiritual role. They should, you know, they should be above it. They should just serve the church. And it's like, the Bible actually says the pastors should get paid. First of all, again, read your Bible. And uh, that's like, you remember the, uh, the comedian who was always like, here's your sign? Yeah. This is, this is the new, here's your sign. Jeff yeah. Read, read no, your no, Bible. Bill Ingvall. Oh, that was yeah. Billy Ingvall. I thought just it was Foxworthy. Just Foxworthy is the, yeah. you yeah. might that be a redneck. Well, they they always like toured together, uh, I think. Yeah. But. They're like the um, same person. Read your Bible is the new version of, of, of that. Right? <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. And so, you know, you 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 have 
other elders who are in that role who can understand the needs and and help the congregation who should love and care for their pastor understand the needs. You know, do do I always think that it's just neglig like like willful negligence, like we don't love our pastor and so we're not gonna pay him the right amount, we're not gonna take care of his health care. Sometimes I think it's just it's just an ignorance. They don't understand right. that, hey, you know, I expect when I go to work that they pay, you know, me a, a livable wage and they pay me a, a the the benefits to be able to have insurance and stuff like that. Um, maybe I should think that the pastor should be worthy of that too. Um, or, or maybe, you know, the, I don't understand the fact that a pastor pays for their own, you know, social security and, and, uh, um, what's the other one? And Medicaid. and Medicare hundred percent. Like yeah. I, I legally cannot have a pocket otherwise. Well, right? what a lot of people don't know is that, um, if you get ordained, you have mm. to pay 15. So all your normal taxes but then 15.3% on whatever your wage is. And then if they give you a parsonage, if they set you up in mm-hmm. a parsonage, you have to find the fair market value of what it would cost to rent that place fully furnished and then mm-hmm. pay 15.3% on that as well. It's insane mm-hmm. how, how much that happens. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, I just kind of laughed a second ago. And it was because you were talking about these things uh, about how they don't want to do health insurance and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? All these other corporations, they're required to offer yeah. health insurance and benefits mm-hmm. if you work more than 40, 30 hours a week or whatever, you're mm-hmm. full, full time. And, yeah. uh, and I think it's hilarious that churches seem to pick and choose the business principles that they want right. to adhere yeah. by. Right. The, the un- <laughs> we'll do the unhealthy ones for a church, yeah. and we won't do the healthy ones. They're just the ones that benefits, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> this majority or whatever. And and the, the irony is that you have pastors who move on to doing secular jobs. You have pastors who <laughs> are, are exhausted and frustrated and stressed out, so they're, they're, they're hindered from doing the actual work of the ministry. Um, and... and and you think that the church is benefiting by not paying your pastor, uh, you know, a, a better salary, you're really actually hurting the church. Well, I remember a church that I was in, the youth pastor was working a part-time job at McDonald's just to pay off some mm. college loans and some some debt. And some people in the church found out about it and had an absolute fit. And he was told he had to quit that job because it made the mm. church look bad. That he, pay was, him more. that he was working at you, a, a, you look like you are yeah and that's yeah, he, he had to get another job to supplement yeah. his income and that was frowned on by the church was right like, well then you need to pay him more because right. it was and i came to realize that church was very image focused mm. incredibly yes. you know we can't have our youth pastor working at mcdonald's because it makes us look like mm. hey we're not taking care of pastors like you're not yeah yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that that's a, <clears throat> you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the last episode with, you know, why why did where did deacons come from? Why did this come about? It was committees. because the, the committees. It was committees. <laughs> oh yeah, the last one was committees. Deacons the, were in the, the Bible. Deacons yeah. are in the Bible. Yeah. We're, right. No. No. But where where did, in the, the episode we were talking about uh, deacons, we were we were asking the question, where did deacons come from? Committees. No, I mean deacons. Are you talking deacons? No, I'm talking about deacons. Yeah. I'm so confused now. Yeah, we'll just, you know. I'm sorry. Let me just Go sit ahead, here. Just yeah. Let me finish. sit here and yeah. I will drink my Dr. Yeah, Pepper. Yeah, it'll make sense. Uh, in the episode that we were talking about deacons, we were asking the question, where did deacons come from? And when you, when, uh, when we went back to Acts chapter 6, where, where deacons were first, you know, appointed, and it was because the elders 
uh, the pastors needed to focus on the teaching of the word and and the prayer, uh, uh, you know, uh, ministry and and not do these other things. Well, in the same way, if if we have and so the question is, do you have deacons at your church? Yes, we have deacons at our church. Okay, then pay your pastor well enough to be able to do those <laughs> things. Because if, if you're willing to acknowledge that we needed deacons for these things so that our pastors would not be so bogged down and could focus on the prayer ministry and the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, then, then you should be also able to acknowledge that they shouldn't have to then get a second job to right. pay for their food and their needs. Uh, and so if you have deacons at your church, then you should, you should also be willing to agree that you should pay your pastors. Well, I know the image of a lot of people in churches when they look at pastors and stuff, especially like youth pastors, you know, you only work on Sundays and Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, yeah. most of the work that I do is not on Sundays and Wednesdays. Yeah, That's right. kind of like the, I don't know, the prime time. Like, hey, this is yeah. fun. You know, everything else is, right. I mean, I'm It's all the pre- prep. Sunday and Wednesday is just the execution of what you've spent the other, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and that doesn't count Thursday. discipleship and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The 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 service is just the execution of a week of planning and preparation and mm-hmm. putting things right. But then you're doing more things on top of that. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, there. There's an endless amount of work, and that's that is why we need a plurality of elders. Is because <laughs> one man cannot do it alone. That's right. Um, we need we need a group of of people who uh, can share the overseeing, shepherding, um, discipling, equipping. Uh, and, and guess what? Even that group of, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, however, however many uh, elders you have, uh, can't do all of the work of the ministry. And so they're equipping you, the church, the body of Christ, mm-hmm. to do the work of making disciples, discipling one yep. another, uh, and and all of the other uh, you know uh, ministries uh, of the church, and so we are in it together. Uh, we are unified together uh, in that purpose and in that mission. And so um, you know, as a as a pastor, um, as an elder, I consider myself to be part of the congregation, and and unified with the rest of the congregation. And you know what? I need the rest of the congregation. Yeah. Um, and and you know like. Uh, everybody loves the Apostle Paul. Um, and, and we often think like, man, he was like a superhero of the faith. Like he was, he was an anomaly. Um, his devotion, his love for God, his understanding. Um, but there's nothing stopping any of us from being like the Apostle Paul because we have all of the things pertaining to faith and godliness that he had. Uh, in fact, we could even argue we have one up we have the we have the the finished and completed word of God, yeah. Um, and so, um, but we have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same gospel. We have the same, you know, the word, uh, and the same fellowship. So, um, so the plurality of elders is helping the church to be unified together as they are unified together, and and f- focusing the mission and and direction of the church in the way in which it should go. And praise God, we have a plurality of leaders who love us, want to lead us, and are capable of doing such through God's provision and and help and aid. Um, Like the Apostle Paul who said, "I, I labor, I toil for you, for your sake, for your benefit, you know, with the strength that God gives to me. Right. 
I visited uh, the church that you attend. This was back before end of March, early April. And I thought the service was over, but they said, hey, everybody have a seat. Uh, the three pastors came out, Jobin had a stool, and had, well, I think it was called what? Conversation with... Conversation the, with the elders. Conversation mm-hmm. with elder the elders. Conversation. Um, basically, what oh, it was before Easter, because they were talking about all the plans for that weekend. And I thought it was very cool because it was not a... There was no vote. Mm-hmm. Like, hey... If you think that this would be a good thing to do, everybody raise your hand. Second denomination. There was none of that. It was basically we as the leaders of this church feel led of God to do this. And this is how you can get involved. And this is where we need your help. It was not like, hey, if y'all think it's a good idea, we'd like to do, we'd like to do this. Mm. I, mean, I just thought, you know, hey. Just, I'm like, this is a church? I mean, <laughs> did they take that before a committee or right. who voted on that? <laughs> well, and, and you know, it, it always seems to run so much more smoothly. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you've got a congregation led, you've got a bunch of people that may or may not be reading their Bibles, may or may mm-hmm. not be praying, uh, may or may not be yeah. Christian even the way we've mm-hmm. set up church. Because right now... The way we've set up church is, you know, anybody can come in. You know, hey, we want unbelievers to come into our church as well as believers, you know. And it's more of a hub of getting people saved rather than training people to go out and make disciples. Um, You know, with a plurality of elders, you don't need a personnel team. Mm -hmm. You don't need a team that comes up. And, you know, I I think uh, the place that we are, they do have an elder oversight so they've got like I think they got like seven um, other elders mm-hmm. that deal with that essentially, and I mean if you do have to terminate somebody's employment, you mm-hmm. know it's done by other elders. It's right. not done by just random people in the church or a personnel team that somebody put together. And it's done mm-hmm. because there was a legitimate reason, a moral for failing, a moral failing, yes. or some yeah. kind of Unrepented illegal sin. Right. It. Uh, it's never done because I just don't like the way they did that. Or <laughs> yeah. I can't, no, he, no, he said, what? No, you can't see that. Yeah. You know, Jesus did. It, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's done in a sense where it's like, it's something to do with his qualifications, his, his, uh, ability, um, you know, or his availability, um, and, which I think are the three kind of, main things right. in that office. Well, if he's not preaching what you want, tough. I don't make right. a difference. You don't get to dictate what that pastor preaches, yeah. period. You know, that was always... You don't uh, always get what you want. Yeah. But sometimes... You get what you need. You get to what you if need. If you try sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, that was like I, I was in a church and was told I had a music committee. <laughs> I'm like, what is a music committee? Hmm. Oh, well, you know, they meet and they'll talk about, you know, these are the songs that the choir is going to do. This is what we're going to do for Christmas. And I'm like, uh, cool. No. <laughs> who's the, who's the shepherd here? <laughs> Who is that again? Yeah, I said, and you know, they were on, they were on the paper, but I never once had a meet. I take that back. Hold on. 
I did have one meeting with the music committee. To say you're fired? No. Oh. No. <laughs> but I just kind of ignored it. Like it was mm-hmm. there on paper, but I never yeah. did anything with it until I had a gentleman who was in the choir. Now, when he had first started attending this church, he had been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. I was given like six months to live. The Lord worked through that. I don't know if he cured him, whatever, but six months came and went and he was, he was fine. He was singing in the choir and it was, you know, I called him Barney, not to his face, but you know, just like, because <laughs> he loved to sing, but could not stay on pitch. Mm-hmm. But he was very loud about it. You know, if you see the old Andy Griffith with Barney in the choir, and he's so loud and he's so off key that he's throwing the rest of the choir off. <laughs> and, um, and I would be, we'd have practice on Wednesday nights and I could just see, especially the ladies, just the frustration on their face, especially the altos. Cause the sopranos were all right. They had melody most of the time, but my altos were just struggling and I, I could see the frustration and I had one of the ladies come to me privately, thankfully, and say, you're going to have to address this or you're about to lose six or seven people mm-hmm. in the choir. So I called the music committee and I sat them down. I said, this cannot be a new situation. I'm like, I'm sure that in the past 50 years, you all have had people come in and out of this choir who can't sing. And one guy said, yeah, we have, but nobody's ever been as loud as, as this mm. one. My, my issue was, my, the challenge was, he was, um, as far as everybody knew, the Lord had brought him through brain cancer. And he, he was very sincere in his worship, was a great example to the congregation when he would be up there leading. So then I went to other music pastors who've mentored me or just in that area. I remember I went to four different individuals and presented the problem. Two of them gave me one answer and two of them gave me an exact opposite answer. And I was like, thank you. You guys have been no help (laughs) whatsoever. Mm, Yeah. Um, Ultimately, he ended up, he, he just disappeared for a while. He wasn't coming to service on Sunday, wasn't coming to rehearsals on Wednesday, and I just thought the Lord had taken care of that. That year, we were doing a Christmas uh, concert with another church on the other side of town. So we were having to coordinate two two choirs, an orchestra of about 20 uh, instruments, and we had a dress rehearsal at our church on a Wednesday night, and he shows up and proceeds to go up to the choir loft and sit in his seat. Has not been there in months, hasn't mm-hmm. even heard this Christmas. Now, I saw him come in, and I saw him go sit down, and I made a note because I was talking with the other worship pastor at the time, clearing up some last-minute details. I saw him come in like, all right, let's make a note. We'll go talk to him after. But before I could get to him, one of the other ladies had just made a beeline mm-hmm. for him. Um Anyway, that all worked out. He ended up not, you know, I told him, I said, you know, come back after Christmas because you haven't um, 
rehearsed any of this, and mm. this is the week of the performance. Um, so come back after the holidays. You had a viable excuse to kind of get Well, off. and by that time, I knew that my time there was coming to an end. And so it's like, you know, the other guy will take care of it. <laughs> I will admit, yeah, there was some laziness yeah. there on my part. But uh, that was the only time I used these quote unquote music committee was because like, yeah. if I kick this man out of the choir, I become the villain who told the man with brain cancer I kicked him out of the choir. Right. Mm -hmm. If I let him stay in the choir, I'm going to lose a majority of the people who are faithfully serving just because they can't concentrate and sing their part because they're all focused on how off key. Right. I mean, I agonized over that for weeks. And then I finally said, you know what? This is a good opportunity for our music committee to... Well, and that highlights a, a good point of why it's so important um, for the congregation to trust the elders, because most people might not have understood what was going on in your heart with making that decision, but you were protecting the, you know, in, in, a, in a way, the purity of the church, the ability of the church to worship and not be distracted. Um, you we're not declaring in any way that you didn't love this person, um, that you didn't appreciate this person, that you didn't think that this person was worthy of the dignity and, and honor of, of being created in the image of God, or that he, you weren't in union with him as a brother in Christ. And so, like, a lot of people will judge actions but not understand the heart or right. the reason mm. behind the action. And and when, when you don't know all the details and when you don't know, you know... Uh, the heart behind an action, you you have to trust, and this is why we have a plurality of elders because that helps you to trust us as elders. Because you know, I'm not acting alone. I'm not. Yep. I'm not doing anything on my own authority. We together, as a plurality of elders, are are making these decisions together, and in doing so, um, we are submitting to Christ. and And we see this kind of trifecta of the gospel. Um, in, in kind of the, I think the three main stages on earth are, you know, um, Jesus and the Father. Christ submits to the Father. He says, I, I don't do my will. I do the will of the Father. Okay, that's that's Jesus. That's who He's God, right? Um, and then we see that the, the church submits to the leadership of, of the elders. And then we see in the home, the wife submits to the leadership mm-hmm. of, the, of the husband. Now, this is in these three areas is the gospel displayed. Um, and so, um, we've got to get this right in the, in the church because the rest of the world is looking at that. And, and it's, it's in some ways going to determine whether or not they see clearly a picture of the gospel uh, in the context of the church. But instead we've copied the world. Yeah. Yeah. Instead we, we want to copy the world and, 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 uh, let's be honest. Um, You've, if, if you're in one of these type of churches that, that has a senior-led, stronghold kind of a pastor or a committee, you know, ruled, um, or, or, or any church that doesn't have a plurality of elders leading, um, overseeing, um, have you experienced trouble and drama and um, a, a, a distraction and derailment from the, the mission of, of the church? Um, which is is 
is to make disciples, to glorify God, um, uh, to, to be devoted to him. Uh, have you experienced that? And, and I, I don't, I have not ever been, I've been in many churches, uh, you know, in and out of various ministry roles, vocationally, non-vocationally. Um, and, and I've never seen a church that is, you know, not functioning in a way where it has a plurality of elders that didn't have some sort of major drama. Going mm-hmm. on. Oh yeah. And you know, you know, in a way this, this may sound like that we're saying pastors could do no wrong. They're always good. No, mm-hmm. the, we're, we're not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all been a part of where pastors have gone haywire mm-hmm. and I mean, they just kind of, they get their power and they go nuts. Yeah, you know, but part of the problem is, in every one of those situations, it's usually just one guy. Yeah, it's not a plurality of elders mm-hmm. in every single one of those scenarios. Uh, now, I'm not saying that you have a plurality of elders, you're going to solve all your church's problems. No, but you will solve a lot of issues. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, or be on your way to. Yeah, or be mm-hmm. on your way to absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love the church that I'm at right now. Uh, and again, uh, not pastor in the church. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm attending and I'm, I'm serving it. You know, I just, um, you know, maybe eventually I might start teaching and, and whatnot, but you know, for now, um, attending the church and then I'm getting involved with some of the music stuff. Um, cause I thought, you know what, Hey, let's, let's give that a shot and see how it goes and let's serve the church. But the whole, I mean, there's three of them. And then they've got other elders on top of that. I think they got like six or seven other elders uh, that are like, mm. I think they call it an elder oversight or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but the, these three pastors, they run the church and it runs very, very good. Mm. It's very, it's very professional. It's very, um, not a lot of distractions, you know, and they're not going to deal with some of these People that come in and try to dictate everything. Silliness. Yeah. And silliness, yes. And and I would point out this, that um, <clears throat> each of us, Jeremy, you, myself, Wes, uh, we have all been in churches uh, with terrible leadership. Yeah. And, and we don't just and, mean the pastor by any means. Right. Because sometimes that leadership is deacons in, and maybe a committee areas, or whatever. Right. But... Uh, but even the even the leadership being terrible and being in the pastoral role, um, you know, we've experienced that. And um, at the same time, uh, because I understand that some of some of the reluctancy um, to, you know, accept this, which Scripture says, uh, is is the fear of okay, they're gonna they're gonna have too much power. They're gonna they're gonna rule with a heavy hand. And and Scripture says not to do that. Right um, to the elders. Do not lord it over them. Uh, lord what over them? Your authority. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and so, so yes, the character of the man and the role matters greatly, um, and will have an impact on the church. Uh, also, know that if 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 the person in that role is is not of the character that they should be, hopefully you have a plurality of elders that will remove that person. If you don't, know that Christ is still the head of the church. Um, I, you know, this is the same thing in a marriage. It, it's like if, if you're if you're a wife and your husband is is not a godly man, um, know that like you you still have your church. And if your church is not a godly, godly place, uh, then you still have God uh, who who cares for you and watches over your soul. And so, um, 
the point I'm trying to make is that we've all been in those churches with bad leadership. We've experienced it. We've seen it firsthand. And so you would think that our reaction would be, okay, let's like, let's be very weary and leery of putting elders in a position of authority mm-hmm, over right. the church. Instead, what we're telling you is that even though we've experienced bad leadership, we advocate for pastors more <laughs> leading the church, uh, having that authority and oversight uh, for the sake of the church, for the good of the church, because ultimately the thing that we care about the most is the good of the church, the health of the church, the well-being of the church. We love the church. We love, we love you. And so, um, so understand that we, we've experienced it too, and yet we're, we're encouraging, hey, look to what Scripture says and follow that, because, because I like whether I fully understand it, fully agree with it, or whatnot, I can say one thing for sure. Whatever Scripture says is always going to be best. Yeah. And, you know, we need to be careful when we're re- reading the Scripture not to read our own ideals into mm-hmm. it. We need to make yeah. sure that we're reading it with, you know— what was the author's intent? Mm-hmm. What were they trying to communicate to their audience? Yeah. And then take that into our context. And how does that apply to me? Right. You know, what does um, other scriptures say about this right. to inform further how I should think? Exactly. Um, you know, don't just cursory read through something one time and say, okay, I know how this, you know, <laughs> mull it over, chew on it, meditate on it, seek other counsel in, in, you know, understanding it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if this, if this finds you well and this is, um, you know, good stuff, go back and listen to the previous four episodes. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll point out several of the problems that we've kind of mentioned here because um, this is the solution, is a plurality mm-hmm. of elders, um, multiple men coming together and leading their church together as equals. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think we talked in, was it the, was pastors the first one? I think so. Right, and so we, we talked about the character of the pastor and, and and you know, who that person should be as they fulfill that role. And so we're not just talking about random men. Right. Or, we're, we're not talking about ungodly men uh, or or uh, abusive well, men or, or angry men. We're talking about um, the type of person that God, you know, you know is is has matured into such a way that they, they can faithfully lead. Now, what if you're in a church? So some people may ask, you know, what if you're in a church right now that doesn't have a pastor at all, no pastors, it's really just Mm. a congregation and their pastor left. And what do they do? You know, okay. They're putting a search committee together and they're going to try to find the pastor themselves. I would encourage you to go to your local pastors in Mm -hmm. other churches around that area and say, hey, can you guys help us find someone? Mm-hmm. And, right. um, you know, that's still elders yeah. electing elders. And, and can you, uh, you know, can you, maybe it's another church, and you say, can your elders kind of, you know, essentially for the time being, maybe be our elders? Yeah, while, help us while, out. While, you know, we still need shepherding, and, and, and so we don't start, you know, kind of taking things uh, into left field. Can you ho- help hold us as a church accountable and love us, and like you said, shepherd us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, again, that's what we see in, in Titus, where, where uh, Paul tells Titus, go in. The, there, there were places where they didn't have elders in these other regions, and he said, go and appoint elders. So right. you here you have a pastor from another pl- region, mm-hmm. even, yeah. 
going into to care for these churches that that didn't he's not have. even electing their own pastors in his yeah. church. He's electing other pastors for other churches. In other churches, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so we need that outside help sometimes, right? And that's that's what we should be doing, but unfortunately, that's hardly the mm-hmm. case. Uh, so you know, for those of you listening, I encourage you. You know, if you are not one, if you are not a uh, a pastor led church, switch to it. And get plurality of elders. Guess what? If you've got a youth pastor there and you've got a music pastor, guess what? You got three pastors right there. Well, the youth pastor's not a real pastor, you know. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Why exactly are they not a real pastor? That's what you're gonna run into mm-hmm. with a lot of again Southern Baptist churches. They'll probably have three guys. They call it the senior pastor, student pastor, music pastor, maybe associate pastor. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, associate mm-hmm. pastor. So maybe they'll have four. Um, but usually the student pastor and the music pastor. They're the babysitter are, and the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, when, when the pastor left, how many times were you and I asked to preach or fill the pulpit? In every church that I've been in, zero. Mm. They always paid somebody, yeah. but they are always worried about the money. Like, oh, we got to save yeah. money. Ah, we'll spend three hundred dollars on a a yeah. week on a on a pastor to come in when we got these two guys on salary. Right. right. <laughs> I really think that a lot of these problems come from a deficiency in trusting God. Right. Uh, definitely. Definitely a deficiency in knowing what Scripture says, but but also a deficiency well, in, in trusting God. Because once you know what Scripture says, then to implement it, you you mm-hmm. have to trust God. And you know uh, what it really boils down to is a lack of discipleship. Yeah. Nobody knows how to be a Christian because mm. we don't disciple each other. Right. Because we just get saved, admit, believe, confess. Okay, yeah. have fun. Glad you're saved. So if you want your church to be healthy, if you see some of these problems within your church, um, grab a group of people and, yeah. and sit down and start a Bible study <laughs> and, and read the Word of God together. Yeah. Don't read into it. Just read the Word of God together and talk about it. And we're not telling you to get together and riot at yeah, your church until right, you fix yeah. it. Don't start like, a coup. No. <laughs> so but go, if you do, send us pictures. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> go and talk to your pastor. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't want to say likely, but it, it, it's possible that they're in agreement, yeah. in agreement with this. I know the, the pastor that both uh, Jeremy and I worked for at the very beginning he was for that. Yeah. The congregation wasn't, you yeah. know. Uh, but we need to stop this fear of the congregation and fear of these committees. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you what. I do mean, it with gentleness and meekness and yeah. love and kindness, but do it. I still Have cringe every time I hear a personnel committee or uh, anytime yeah. I hear even deacons at this point, right. which is so bad. No. Because it shouldn't be deacon, that way. Deacons are wonderful. Artists, but some of the scariest love. people I've ever met have <laughs> <laughs> the deacons or yeah. personnel, you know. Committee. That's what I said. The Ugh. last, I've talked to three pastors in the last year about possible opportunities there yeah. with their church. Uh, and number one, I'm I'm still I'm learning because I I will say, hey, I, I'm over it. I'm cool. And then you find out, eh, there's still some healing left to to do. But. Very early on in those conversations, I have asked, what's the deal? Who's uh, who's in charge, essentially? Mm. You know, are you elder-led, committee? If they say committee, that's the end of the conversation for me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I will not. At this point, it's almost like self-preservation. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I still have the knife scars in my back from the last committee. It's like, <laughs> I, 
I will not put myself in that situation again. Right. And in those situations, you know, they, they have people that have done HR before, you know, mm. and I think I said this in a few episodes ago, but you know, uh, I had confronted the pastor and I said, please stop coming and saying, Hey, there's an individual that has an issue with you and but da da Who is it? Have them come talk to me. Let me go talk to them. Let's try mm. to absolve this. Ah, oh, no, no, like no. Matthew it's 18 just, says. He, I said Matthew 18. He's like, mm. well, think about what the th- think about what they the secular world does though. That's not what they're used to. I'm like, that makes no yeah. difference. You do what the Bible says. I don't yeah. care if it's well, that's just not reasonable. Like that's it, just not what people do. <laughs> in a church, the the thing was that's not what the world does. So we're yeah. not going to do it. We pick here and choose what we want in the church. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like you know when we would sit in toward the end of my tenure and we were being dragged into these meetings <laughs> and being read a list of grievances. Oh my goodness. That was for awful. me. It was the first time I was hearing about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, where are these people and why have they not? Why have they not anything? come and talk to me about it? Well, I and remember- by the way, remember that the Bible says, do not bring a charge against an elder unless with two or yeah. more. Um, and, and so, you know, it's well, like, are, are these biblical processes being used when we're, you know, making these claims or, or doing these things? Like, we just kind of like do whatever we want as far as oftentimes, you know, how we confront somebody or what, but scripture gives us parameters. Yeah. Well, I, there was a guy that, um, it took me forever to figure out who it was. Cause I just knew there was an individual at the church that couldn't stand me. And it was all because of... I told you a million times I couldn't stand you. <laughs> it was all because of one conversation. It was in passing. Uh, I, I was in a rush. I was trying to get to where I needed to be. And they asked me a really complicated theological question. And they were just wanting a yes or no answer, but it wasn't as simple as a yes or no answer. So I gave them a comprehensive answer. And I was evidently arrogant and <laughs> it's like it's not arrogance to you, give you, you a correct yeah. answer you asked the question and i yeah. answered it and it's like that person stewed for years literally years mm. before finally i found out who it was and i confronted him about it and then all of a sudden it was fine yeah it's amazing what happens when you talk and confront people yeah do not let bitterness creep in yeah deal with it bitterness will destroy next series um, that's what we're doing it, it will make things blow up bigger than they are um yeah it's and also if if you believe that somebody's done something wrong and you do not confront them uh then you you are sinning against them right a lot of times they don't you're even just know. allowing them to live in sin and and you, a lot of times they, they may not even know they hurt they hurt you yeah yeah. yeah, you know, well, they should know. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. <laughs> Nobody uh, reads I, minds around here. I try, and I do remember saying this, and I know it was the last church I was in. I don't know if it was the church before that too. Probably was because I remember having this little speech twice, and it was like I would have to tell them, like, look, yes, I have a degree from a Christian university, but they did not offer mind reading one hundred and one. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> master's, doctoral, mm. bachelor's, none of it, nothing, yeah. not one mind reading right. class. Goodness. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. There, there was only one person who ever did ministry on earth that could do that. <laughs> Jesus. And he probably and, chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he limited himself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it's we we have to understand that when that when when God uh, 
sets things up in a certain way in Scripture for the church to be plurality of elders, um, like we're uh, you know, which is the one that we're talking about right now. Um, it is it is for the good of the church, for the health of the church, um, for the well-being of the church. Um, when you deviate from that uh, and, and do something different. Uh, essentially, what you're doing is allow Satan to put up roadblocks and to um, to have his influence on the church, and and there we have no good reason to allow Satan to have that kind of control. Yeah, no, and I've said this before too. When Satan's favorite weapon to use against the church are the people in the church, mm-hmm. the church is so on guard for attacks coming. From outside, abortion, Democrats—you know the government, (laughs) drag queens, whatever they're afraid of this week—is you know they're looking outside for attacks and threats. And I'm like, threats are in the church. Look in a mirror and ask yourself, Lord, am I? You know, don't let me be an arrow. You know that gets shot at somebody. Uh, and that's another thing a plurality of elders helps is that, you know, <coughs> when attacks from inside start coming, then the elders can come together united. Right. Um, you know, well, having, one guy can't know, do that. All three of us have been in that situations where, you know, we've had to have each other's back because mm-hmm. of attacks that have been coming from yeah. inside, you know. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I've been the solo guy, uh, you know, uh, wanting and trying to lead the church through a hard time and to plurality of elders. And um, there were many things they weren't willing to do. And 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 it, moving the church in the right direction was near was I'll say it's near impossible for me. It was impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I believe that God can do almost any. I. I believe that guy can do anything um, in any situation, but for me in that situation, it was going to be impossible for me to move the church in the right direction. Had I had a few other elders, we probably could have done it mm-hmm. um, because we had about half the church that was like ready to move in the right direction. And the other half of the church was, had their heels dug in. And so, yeah, the plurality of, is, of elders is important for that um, to kind of, like you said, stand by each other and, and stand up for what's, to be a unified voice, you know, um, that's able to kind of speak loud enough, you know, so to speak, in a way that that we can steer the direction of the church in the way that God intends it to be. You know, I had a, a when I first started in ministry, um, you know, very gung ho, trying to get stuff done, uh, oh, working really, really young. fast. Um, I got rebuked for working too fast a lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> So the pastor told me a story. This isn't a real story, but I guarantee you something like it has happened um, (laughs) several times. So he said, okay, so there's this pastor and he comes in and he decides, you know what? It would be better if the piano was moved on this side of the stage Um, for whatever reason. So one day he does it. The next week he's fired. Okay. So the pastor's like, okay, whatever. Well, for whatever reason, he comes back to visit the new pastor and just kind of talk with but him. It's a homecoming ten years later. Yeah, sure. And he and he comes in and he and he looks and the pat and the piano's on the other side of the stage, like where hmm. he put it. 
And he said, Pastor, I got fired for that. What what happened? He says, I just moved it an inch at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an insane way to do things. And the reason why that happens is because the congregation has the power and authority. Mm-hmm. That should not be the case. Yeah. The pastors should be able to lead and make the decisions that need to be made without going to a bunch of committees and without making a whole bunch of votes and stuff. I know that's very non-American of me, but sorry, I'm more about a theocracy than a democracy. And it doesn't mean that the, the, the pastors are not getting, uh, you know, input or, or giving information, um, keeping keeping the church apprised of things. Like this, you know, we're, we're all on the same team. Um, we just have different roles within the team. Exactly. And, you know, not that this is the most, you know, biblical analogy, but, but <laughs> a, a football team has one quarterback. Um, if everybody on the team started, like, you know, you said hike and everybody started throwing balls, um, you, you'd have to yes. Right. Um, but everybody on the team is necessary and important um, and has a role to play. Right. You told this story about your piano. You said it was not a real story, just kind of like a parable. Um, This is a true story. (laughs) Is the 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 lady who played the piano for me in the worship team had decided she was going to retire, and because she and her husband liked to travel, they were going to be gone a lot that summer, and she just could not commit time wise and. No problem. The lady that was playing the organ on the opposite side of the stage came to my office and asked if she could take over the piano role, which I was perfectly fine. We just moved her over to the piano. Well, that meant there was nobody sitting at the organ. So for like a month. It sat there for, it was a few months. Was it it a few months? Yeah, it sat there for a while. Because we <laughs> we did you an make event. You had an event or something, and the whole stage had to be clear. We, I had a, f- <laughs> a friend of mine came in to do uh, a concert, and he, he'd been doing a ladies' conference down in Pigeon Forge, and so he had his band with him right. that night. And so we cleared the whole... We took, took the organ, and we had left the piano because he had a guy that played the piano. But we had to take the drum set, the guitar, mm-hmm. a lot of the that first row of choir chairs. Every, the whole stage had to be cleared off. So then we're putting things back after you know the event was over, uh, putting things back on the stage. And somebody asked me about the organ, and I said, "Leave it." I said, "Just you put hide it, it to where we can't find it, but don't tell me anything." Yeah, about don't, it. don't tell me where yeah. it is yeah. because then if somebody asks me, then I have yeah. to. It's like we lost just, it. Just, just, just take it home with you. And um, <laughs> but I was like, "Why set that out on the on the platform? It wasn't going to be played. Right? We didn't have anybody there to play it. <laughs> if I needed an organ sound for anything, I had a keyboard right, right there, and she could just hit a button and play an organ. Mm. But I'm like." It makes no sense to put that out on the stage if it's just going to sit there mm-hmm. empty. <laughs> and I expected Holy Hades yeah. the next Sunday. People didn't notice when the or, when the organ was not on the platform. But yeah, it was like two three months before people were even like, "Hey, where's the organ? <laughs> we had an organ? What? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> 
And I could I could truthfully say I didn't know. Like somebody lost it. I, to this day, I don't know where it's at. Like if you took me over there and said find the organ, it'd be like I have no clue. Maybe that How guy, funny they would it did be? Take it home. <laughs> they really they, yeah. they're still looking for it. Like uh, they're at home playing. Well, and in the previous church, the, that was the church. My grandmother played the organ in that church for fifty years. Then um, when when she stopped playing the organ, there was another lady who came in and played it for a few weeks. And then she couldn't do it anymore. And they hired somebody outside to come in and play it. And that lasted about a month or so. <laughs> so when I finally went back to take the worship leader position there, when I got there, the organ was just pushed up against the wall in the sanctuary. And there was a little drum kit sitting where the organ used to sit. That lasted for about three or four weeks. And I finally went to the pastor and said, all right, we have to move the organ out of the sanctuary. <laughs> well, and that was more for me. I mean, nobody was complaining about it, but every time I would look over there, I would expect to see my grand, my dead grandmother sitting there playing Aww. the organ. So I'm like, it's got to be out of the room. Um, so we ended up, he and I, the two of us moved it because I wasn't about to make a public statement from the platform. Mm. So we just moved it out, and it ended up in a little cubby in the hallway going into the sanctuary. So, you mean, you walk by it every stinking <laughs> Sunday. And it's, it irritated some of the little, the little ladies in, that, in my, grand, my other grandmother's Sunday school class. And, um, and they, would, they would, in Sunday school, they would tell my granny, you need to tell Jeremy, put that organ back. And so I'd go to Granny's for lunch, and sure enough, she'd say something about the organ. And after about the, after about the third week, I said, "I'm going to put it in your Sunday school class." <laughs> but I said, "It's not. It's not going back into the sanctuary because there's nobody mm-hmm. in the church that can play it." Right. I said it'd be different it if makes there no was sense. somebody there who could play it. And then one of the deacons decided. Why do we care about? Such trivial details. Though. One of the deacons decided, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna sell it, but we're not gonna take more than fifty dollars for it, and we're only gonna sell it to somebody in your talking to me in your family, since it was my granny that played it forever." <laughs> and I said, "Look, thank you." I said, "But there's nobody in my family that can play an organ, and none of us have a house big enough to house that thing." Yeah. And I said, we were emotionally attached to the lady who played it. We were not emotionally attached to the organ itself. Um, Now, it's still sitting there in the little alcove uh, because you can't get rid of them. I tried. I was on, I called every school. This is a wild (laughs) tangent. We don't need to get on this tangent. But you can't give those things away, so it's still sitting Mm. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that instead of focusing on discipleship, instead of focusing on uh, sharing the gospel and ministering to people, they're more worried about the organ. Right. Where, or, is, where is the organ? Or the color well, of the pews or, uh, you know, uh, having chairs. You know, like I remember yeah, I several churches have choir. gotten rid of pews and put chairs in. And it's amazing how many people object to it. It's like, you can't have chairs. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean you can't have chairs? <laughs> like, what? make it a multi-purpose space. Like, what's wrong with that? Right. You know, and which is another funny. another reason for a plurality of elders. Yeah. When you have 
a, you know, smaller group, but a group of elders. They can make these decisions much more efficiently when you have the larger group, the whole congregation making all the decisions. Mm. Then what happens is you have a multitude of opinions and and feelings and thoughts. Um, some of them are good. Some of them are not good. Some are healthy. Some are unhealthy. Some are reasonable. Some are unreasonable. And all of these things now become a melting pot. And and how do you get anything actually accomplished? How yeah. do you ensure the right things are happening? How do we, you ensure we're focusing on the right things? Because we're all, everybody's focused on a different thing or, or a couple people are focused yeah. on this. And so it becomes this like melting pot of too many thoughts, too many ideas, too many opinions. And so this is why you need a plurality of elders to guide and lead the and church you, because it's less people yep. worrying about less things and focusing on the most important things. The mission of the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, when you have all those hundred people with a hundred, that's why it takes six months for somebody to hit the delete button. Yeah. And take yeah. Make it from right. missions to mission. Yeah. It, uh, the elders are, are there to streamline the process yes. and make sure that it is staying on point. And because you know what? we and, I, and I, I would say that as as my from myself as a con, congreg, you know congregant um, is that I understand how I could get like so wrapped up into all these you know you're sitting there on a Sunday morning and you're like you know we, that should be this and we should do this and what about this and I can get myself distracted from yep. the main point very easily. Again, this is where a plurality of elders helps each other to stay on the main point, and in doing so, they help the church stay on the main point. Exactly. It, it's it works. It works yeah. the way that God intended it to. It really does work. And when you have all these people that are wanting to lead, and you've got committees and other committees mm-hmm. and deacons that have leadership and pastors have leadership, then yeah. all of a sudden, you can't get anything done because everybody disagrees on stuff, or they're mm-hmm. afraid to disagree. Yeah. You know? Or if you get anything done, half the church is miffed. Yeah. Uh, but if the these three half, elders like, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. That's, that's guys. That's what our elders are doing. Right. Like, guess, and because and then we all because you got to have say in something. I want to have say something. And so now we start nitpicking all right. of the intricate little minute details of the church, right down to the color of the carpet and and the then paint you can't do the anything and you can't do anything. And yeah. yeah, you're handcuffed. Yep. And and at that point, you are so far distracted that Satan has won. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And 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 the and and then you lose. You lose your focus, and then you have to be retrained. So for for pastors, if you've got, um, if you're just a lead pastor, okay, see if you can form that church into a plurality mm-hmm. of elders. If yeah. you're just if you're in the congregation, go talk to your pastor, and you know, see if you can get something started like that because it really mm-hmm. solves a ton of problems. And I know some people may be sitting there like, well, our church doesn't have any problems because we just got the one lead pastor, and the congregation leads the church. No, That's everybody's everybody's been hushed. Yeah, is what what's happened. That pastor has been neutered, mm-hmm. and well, he can't was, do his job. It was like I said the last time we were talking about committees, and you know, you had the one guy on the committee who caused this humongous controversy, and everybody in the church knew who it was because they had a history right of doing it. But for the, his history, for however many decades it was. Nobody ever stood up to him and well, said, "No, you can't it. do that." What if you hurt his feelings? Yeah. That right. and it's a wolf we, in sheep's clothing. You're gonna hurt their feelings. Yeah. We need pastors. You know, there was a pastor. It's given an ultimatum: you either do this, 
or we're leaving the church. Uh-huh. That's when the pastor Bye. should open the door and say, God bless you on your way. Well, you're welcome mm-hmm. to come back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but they later. won't do that. It's like, well, we don't want to offend anybody. We want to please everybody. Right. The gospel in and of itself is offensive. I mean... Like, we're the, literally teaching everything that's offensive. They are literally showing do. you that they are wolves. Right. They're literally showing you that they are the arrows Satan is slinging at your church, yep. but you don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead, like, you're going up to, here. How could they be a wolf? You're going to do something that is more damaging to yeah. the church. Like their leaving may cause a little stir for a week or two um, while they go around the area running their mouths and talking bad about you. Right. But in the end, they'll move on. Mm-hmm. And your church will continue. But no, we don't want to hurt their feelings, so we're going to make the complete opposite decision to appease them. And then while our church remains in turmoil and yep. we just let the cancer and, row and go. And here's f- the deal, and this free. is this is what I, I really want to harp on, and we'll, we need to wrap it up. Um, you may not feel like your church is in turmoil because you're comfortable. You show up mm-hmm. every Sunday... The music's just like you like it. Pastor preaches what you want him to preach on. You're good to go. Guys, being content, that's not thats not what we're called to. Ask called questions. Because I remember um, when we were going through what we were going through, and we had a very select few group of people we felt comfortable opening up to. Yeah. And talk. how many of those people said we had no clue? All of them. Any of this was going on. All of them. Every single one of them. And what's funny was... So I would uh, say, you know, pay attention. In the, yes. And know, ask. Ask, ask. Ask your pastors. questions. How are you doing? Well, there needs are, to be are you free to lead in the way that, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you should be? Exactly. Is there anything that we can do to to help, uh, you know, you and what you're doing? And, and uh, you know, and then... And then Strive to be a godly person in let, your own let me, life. Let me give a big be a blessing. Let me give a big taboo word in the church that they won't say it's taboo, but it is transparency. Mm-hmm. I've never well, seen. Well, it starts so, with trans, so they yeah, don't. Right? They don't want anything I've to never do with seen, kind. I've never seen such secrecy. Yeah, and you know. Signing NDAs at a, at a church, like what? Absolutely like, ridiculous. That's insane. You know something's wrong. I mean, yeah, like, like if you you're having to, if you're having to sign NDAs of like, yeah. hey, you're not going to talk bad about the church or whatever, right. like, then you might have yeah. something that you're worried about. You, you might know? as well put a billboard up that yeah. says there's something wrong yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. We just don't want you to know the details. <laughs> that's right. exactly so right. The mis- we're hoping the mystery will, you know. Gosh, it's crazy. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Did you guys have anything else? I think we're good. You, I just say, love your elders, pray for your elders. Yeah. Don't be afraid of your elders. They love you. Uh, if you're an elder, uh, persevere um, and, and be bold. Uh, we we need the whole counsel of God's word, not just part of it. Mm. Uh, Paul said he's not ashamed because he 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 preached, uh, he taught the full counsel of God's word. So uh, if it gets you fired, um, it gets you fired. But preach and teach the full counsel of God's word so that our churches can be healthy, so that we can be healthy and, and serve and love Christ in the way that we should. Getting fired might be worth it. Mm-hmm. Probably is, honestly. <laughs> and in some situations, it's, 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 it's best. Yeah. And, and God is sovereign, 
over his church, over your life. Um, like I said, the, the church that Jeremy was describing earlier in my situation, um, we were talking earlier that God spared me from some of the future turmoil that was coming. Right. And God vindicated me by dealing with the person uh, eventually. And so yeah. we can trust God to be just. Um, if you're at a church where the there is an unbiblical eldership or there's you know corruption within whatever form of governance there is, um, you can try to make it better. You can you can pray, uh, be praying for it, be speaking the truth in the in love in every context that you can. Uh, if that goes on and on and doesn't doesn't work, then then there are other churches with godly leadership with yeah. godly mm-hmm. folks. Um, I wouldn't make that your first you know move, but um, Christ still reigns over His church and over That's His people. Right. Uh, regardless of of the ones that are not doing what they should, and I don't care what church you're going to be a part of, there's going to be plenty of things that are wrong with it. So don't mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, sorry, yeah. you're doing something wrong. I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> well, don't go to church then. Yeah, <laughs> like that. No, like there's going to be something wrong with every single church. Right, and just you need to work through that. Yeah, and that's the key. Work through it. Don't be complacent with it. Yep. But don't don't be so aggravated by it that you become um, bitter. You become bitter. Yeah. I think that's all we've got for plurality of elders. That was a good one. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank yeah. y'all so much. It was yeah. a long day. I like yeah. it. That was fun. Yeah, I'm glad the to three to get episodes up here in, in one day. Three, you see. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org and follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.